Let us look to the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, again today we magnify and glorify your precious name. Thanking you yet for another opportunity, Lord God, that we have to gather in your name and to freely worship you, Lord God. To freely worship you, because we know on this morning, Lord God, there is souls, there are hearts that yearn to worship you, Lord God, but they are being quenched because of their at all, the presence of the atmosphere, Lord God, because of where they are, Lord God, that they have to say praise you, Lord, under the sound of their, their breath, Lord God, but for us, we can scream it to the rooftop. We can yell it out, Lord God, we can full, feel the full essence of it and express it through words and song and through prayer, Lord God. So, Lord, we don't want to take that for granted. I pray that each and every one of us here this morning, Lord God, as you speak to our heart by your word, that we do not take that for granted, Lord God. As many are being persecuted for what they believe, Lord God. Persecuted in the, the highest. So, Father, as we sit before your throne of grace today, Lord God, we, we thank you, Lord God. For this opportunity, we thank you for where you blessed us to be, Lord God, in a place of freedom and free to worship you. So it's in Jesus' name we pray right now, Lord God, that you will speak to our hearts and that we will receive it. Your word, your unadulterated truth, Lord God, let it touch us deep in our inner man, Lord God, that it will comfort us, Lord God, that it will be a guide and an encouragement for today and tomorrow and every day going forth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Glory be to God. If you will, hallelujah, turn your Bibles to Revelations chapter 3. Revelations chapter 3. And our text verse this morning, or one of them actually, of many is chapter 3 verses 7 and 8 Revelation is the last book of the Bible we in chapter 3 verse 7 and 8 and here in chapter 3 verses 7 and 8 the spirit or actually God uh, I mean Christ himself through the writer John is speaking to one of the churches. This is the church of Philadelphia that he begins to speak to. He's seven churches here that he spoke to, but here we want to look at what he says to the church of Philadelphia. And it reads like this. And to the angel of the church of Philadelphia write this is Again, understand what's happening here. This is God, Jesus himself speaking to John to write these things down and to write it. That's why it says to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write. Jesus is commanding him to write to this church. And he says, write, these things says he, Jesus, who is holy. He, Jesus, who is true. He, 
Jesus who has the key of David. He, Jesus, who opens and no one shuts, and shuts and no one opens. And then in verse 8 he says, I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door and no one can shut it. For you have a little strength, have kept my word, and have not denied my name. Today the title of our message is Open Door. Amen. Open Door. And God wants to encourage us on today because there we live in a time just as this here is being written to the church of Philadelphia, but it's also being written to church today the church today open door there's a few things that we want that God wants to speak to our hearts on today and this is just going to be very short and speak because the real reality is is that we live in a time that we need to have some understanding uh, some real understanding about an uh, open door and the open door first and foremost number one there's going to be three things that we're going to talk about right now just as, as it pertains to the open door. But actually, before we even go there, just we want to remember this. As it is written in the Word, this is Jesus. Understand that this is Jesus. Do everybody understand what the foundation here, that this is Jesus uh, speaking through the writer, and he's writing to you and me, to the church. This is written to the Church of Philadelphia, but guess what? We represent the Church of Philadelphia. And I ain't saying not necessarily in its fullness, but uh, there's a word as he spoke to the church of Philadelphia that he's speaking unto the church even today is what I'm saying. Yes. And the thing that I love about this is look back in verse 7 it says these things he who was holy first and foremost he who was true he who uh, has the key of David glory be to God. The key of David symbolizes authority. He who opens and no one shuts. He who shuts and no one opens. Who are we talking about here, my friend? We're talking about Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. He is the only one that can open a door that no man can shut. Come on, somebody. We, in this, we got to be excited. We can get excited about this. See, God wants to encourage us and he wants to impart this word because we live in a time that we need the understanding and the understanding that we need that it will give us some excitement for all that we, the church, have to endure and all the, the we, the church, that God wants to work in us. Come on, somebody. And this is the good news. So we want to start with the good news. And the good news, Josh, today is that there, the door that, that he opens, no man can shut. The door that he shuts, no one can open. Come on, somebody. And we know in full context and we'll get back to this at the end of the message that uh, the, the, the door above all things that Jesus has opened is an eternal door. It's a, the, he's opened the entrance to eternal life. And as Jesus has opened that entrance, because how, how did he do that? He did it through the satisfaction of God the Father. He did it by finishing the work that God required. 
Yes. Yes. And see, if you go with me to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 16, then we'll witness the, uh, the apostle Paul. Acts chapter 16. I want you to mark your Bibles there. And hold your finger there and also go to 1 Corinthians chapter 16. With me. 1 Corinthians chapter 16. And here Paul is writing to the Corinthians because he plans to come and see them. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16. But it was some key things that was in play. And he, his desire was to come to see them because he noted there were some issues and some things that he needed to and wanted to deal with them on. But at the time he was on his way to Macedonia. And he had wrote to them and told them that, you know what, I'm not going to come as I, or I'm not going to pass by on my way to Macedonia because that was an indication of them just having a, a short amount of time to just be able to pass by. He says, well, rather what I would do is I'm going to come later where I can spend some time some needed time with you in there. But look at verse 9 of, of, of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 16. It says, For a great and effective door has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9. It says, For a great and effective door opened to me. And so he was telling them that he needed to tarry in Ephesus until Pentecost because, the, uh, because a great door, a great and effective door had been opened to him. See, this goes to number two. We must recognize the open door. And Paul, that's what he did. He recognized the open door, see, because when he was, it was his desire it was his desire to go and to, to spend some time with them, but then when he realized that while he was in Ephesus and he had to stay there for a while longer, why? Because it, according, excuse me, to the will of God, what God was doing required him to stay in Ephesus. And why? Because a great door had opened unto him. And the great door, let's now we go to Acts chapter 16. What was that great door that he was speaking of? We find that in Acts chapter 16. Hallelujah. This is an important message, my friend, because... Wow. Actually, Acts chapter 14. Oh, we'll go there first. Acts chapter 14, verse 27. It's where it begins. 
Then he begins to speak to them. Acts chapter 14 begins the story as he was passing through and on his journey to Macedonia that God had by his will had made some plans that was different. Let's pick up in uh, verse 21 of Acts chapter 14 and it reads like this. And when they had preached the gospel to, to that city, they made many disciples and they turned, returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith and saying, we must do many trials or many tribulations in the kingdom. In verse 23, so when they had appointed elders in every church and prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord in whom they had believed. And after that had passed through Pesadilla and came to uh, Paphonia, now when they had preached the word in Pergamum, they went down to Attila. From there, they sailed to Antioch, where they had been commended to the grace of God for the work which they had completed. In verse 27, and when they had come and gathered the church together, they reported that uh, all that God had done with them, and they had, excuse me, and that he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. So they stayed there a long time with the disciples. See, I'm just pointing this out because what Paul recognized and Silas with him, the open door. And it's essential for us today that when God opens the door, first and foremost, the door and the opportunity God opens is according to his will. See, and, and what we really see here when you read through the whole context is that here the ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ according to the will of God is now been opened to the Gentiles. And if you read through chapter 15, 16, then you know, we know that there was a problem with the Jewish people with, uh, in, you know, in the sense that they were, now that these Gentiles believe, do they need to be circumcised? You know, and, and, and Paul and, and, and Silas uh, met with Peter and the, they went back to Jerusalem and met with Peter and, and, and the rest of the, the apostles there. And we know the story. If you read through this, then you understand that what happened is, is that they ended up giving Paul and Silas and then they sit with him, a couple other guys with them. Uh, uh, they sent them a letter to go back to to these people and tell them that no, we ain't gonna burden you down with circumcision, but we are gonna encourage you for, for a few things to stay away from sexual immorality, you know, for the blood, you know, in there. And it was four different things that they encouraged them and they gave them a letter. They didn't just want to give it to Paul and Silas and have them take it back there. They had to send some more witnesses because then uh what it could appear if Paul and Silas just went back there with the letter, are you is this letter really from the other, the Jewish, uh, our Jewish brothers. So the Lord, by his will, has them also send other witnesses with them. Glory be to God. 
And now let's go into chapter 16 because see, all of this is about the open door. And the open door is what God, is the opportunity that God is opening. And the, God, the opportunity God is always according to his will. Are you with me today? Yes. Why do we need this foundation? Why do we have to even understand it, all of this? Because they're just like God was working in the lives of these people to establish the church and to, and to the move of the gospel at that time. Guess what? He's not finished his work, my friends. And it's essential for each and every one of us. I'm talking about you and me today, my friend. That we understand, first and foremost, the open door that God opens is according to his will. And that not only is, uh, do we understand that, but also that in understanding that, that it, it requires us to submit to the will of God. In that, and so it requires us to recognize. We need to recognize. Somebody say recognize. Recognize. <laughs> it's important that we recognize the open door that God is opening because God is still just like he was working in the apostles to uh, uh, orchestrate the, the Gentiles being preached the gospel and being grafted in and also as today as he is looking to save the souls of men that we have to do this through the open doors that God is opening and, and quite often uh, you know if we are not in the spirit in doing this and that's one of the things that you're going to see in here that they did this because the church was in the spirit yeah. Yeah. they were what do you mean in the spirit Pastor John what I mean is that they were willing to go and live by what the spirit is saying they were moving by the spirit and that's what it's going to take for you and me today the open door ain't the door that we want to ask God for because quite often when we ask God for the open door, then we ask it according to natural things. Right. And then, yes, on top of that, we promise spiritual manifestations. Lord, if you do this for me, then yes, I'm a servant. But what ends up happening is God can do all of that. And after, after that, we never get to the full manifestation. We have every intention. But then we don't get there because there's another trap. There's another uh, distraction. There's another thing that comes up and it begins to block us from the very thing that we intended. So when we said that to God, we had full intentions. But God says, no, I don't need, it ain't going to work like that. What I need you to do is, uh, is recognize the open door that I'm opening. And not uh, recognize it in, in the natural, but you have to be able to see this in the spirit. And glory be to God, that's what these young men were doing as they followed him. In Acts chapter 16, let's take a look. This is beautiful. Let's pick up in verse 6. Now when they had gone through Phrygia, uh, a region of Gal uh, Galilee, they were forbidden by what the Holy Spirit to preach in Asia. See, it was their intention when they went to Galatia that they were going to stop in Asia and begin to minister. They was on fire by this time. And they was ready to go and preach the word of God and to minister everywhere that they could. But look what it says. When they had gone through this city and into the region of Glacier, they were forbid by the Holy Spirit 
to preach the word in Asia. Verse 7, after they had come to Myasia, they tried to go to, uh, what is that, uh, Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. Come on, somebody. So passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas. And look what happened when they came down to Troas. A vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him. This is in the vision, saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding, coming to the understanding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. Come on, somebody. See, we, this just right there, is, this is huge in our understanding. Because we'll, if we ain't careful, we'll go to uh, where we want to go. To share the word of God. But see, and even but see the spirit of they was in tune with the spirit of God and know where they had a desire. So it was clear that they had a desire to preach in Asia. But guess what? The spirit of the Lord did not permit them. Matter of fact, the spirit of God forbid them. Then the question that I have for you and me today is do we recognize even when the spirit of God is forbidding us to go into a place? Or forbidding us to do some things. You see, because I'm talking about when you have a desire. See, they had a desire to preach in Asia. They were passing through there and they didn't want to let nobody. They was on fire. You see, with the gospel. So if we're going to pass by some people, we want to preach to them. We want to share this good news. But that the, the can we hear? When we have a burning desire for something, are we in tune enough to be able to hear when the Spirit of God is forbidden some things? And at the same time, glory be to God, they were in tune enough that when, when, when God gave Paul the vision in there and in the vision, he seen the man uh, in Macedonia said, come over here and help us. That was the vision he seen, glory be to God. And from that vision, they concluded that the Spirit of God was leading them to go down to the colony of, uh, of Macedonia. Let's look, read a little bit further. Now, and this is beautiful. Because this is, a, here again, this is the open door. This is the open door. See, the door that they was looking for was not the open door. The door that they desired was not the open door, my friend. And this is, what, what, this is how God wants to minister to us today. That there are some doors that, are, that we may desire Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. But that don't mean always that them doors, can we hear if God has forbidden that door? Because it's what we want to do. And what we want to do, I ain't talking about it, man, no bad stuff. I'm talking about we may have a burning desire to do some stuff. But can we, are we sensitive enough to the Holy Spirit when he forbids us to go through a door? It seems good. Man, it's gonna uh, it's gonna help a lot of people. It's gonna make us some money. He was gonna do this. All of that. It's all good. And it was all good. Matter of fact, it was really would have been really good because if we had any uh, understanding of the history of Asia Minor, then you know, then we would know that it would have been much profitable for them to go and to preach to Asia Minor, especially as opposed to where they were going. Come on, somebody. Yes. But being sensitive to the Holy Spirit.
to be able to see the open door. And look what happens when we look at the open door. Let's read a little bit further. Verse 11, Acts chapter 16, verse 11. Then guess what? See, the open door that God is opening. We can't always see what it's about. But we, this is why the open door has to be recognized, and it has to be recognized in the spirit, Brother David. It says, therefore, verse 11, selling from Troas, we ran straight course to uh, someone uh, Tris. And the next day came to Neo, uh, Neopolis. Neopolis, I'm sorry. And from there to Philippi. This Neopolis, Philippi, these is all the regions of Macedonia. You can think of it like this. You have in the state of Pennsylvania, you have Pittsburgh, you have uh, Philadelphia. See, uh, Napoleon, um, Philippi, all of these were like a part of the colony of Macedonia. Okay? So let us not get confused. They was in the colony of Macedonia. In verse 12 it says, and from there they went to Philippi. All of these places, bam, bam, bam. In Philippi, which is the foremost city of the part of Macedonia, the colony. See? It's like when you're in the state, one of the first cities you come to was Philippi. Hey, come on somebody. I'm just painting a picture so we can see it very clearly. And it says, and, and we were straight, excuse me, and we were staying in that city for some days. And on the Sabbath day, we went out to the city, went out of the city to the riverside, where prayer was customarily, customarily made, and we sat down and spoke to the women who met there. Now, a certain woman named Lydia heard us. She was a seller of purple from the city of Thyatariah, whose words who worshiped God. The Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. And look at verse 15. And when she and her household was baptized, come on somebody, she begged us, saying, if we had uh, judged me, excuse me, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And so they were persuaded. Here's the point, my friend. The door that God was opening according to his will, look what happened. A whole family and household got saved. God was orchestrating Lydia in, in, in her household to be baptized. She was seeking God. Here is somebody that they've been meeting all together. But now she had to put understanding the gospel being preached by Paul and these men. She believed. She didn't heard about the, the Jewish God and knowing and believe that he was the only true God. But now they have understanding the power of the Holy Spirit. Now they know the gospel truth, the resurrection and everything else that, that came along with the preaching of the gospel. Can you see the open door here, my friend? See, when God opens the door, he's opening the door according to his will. And see, his will was for them to go down and to, uh, to minister to, to these women and to, and, and to Lydia and, and, and her household in particular. Because of the work, and, you, and if you read through, then we know that Lydia became a, a, a big time woman of God. In there. We ain't even going to stop there. Look further. Look at verse 16. It says, now it happened. As they went to prayer, a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divin div divination met us, who brought her masters much profit for fortune telling. 
And I'll just read through this very quickly or I'll tell the story very quickly. We know what this is. This is the woman where that was uh, you know, fortune telling and, and, and her bosses, sort of to speak, you know, was using her to make a lot of money. She had a spirit and a demon of divination against God. And Paul got fed up with it because she was in Norris. You know, following them around saying these are the men of God. She was selling, saying the truth, but the thing about it, it was annoying. And, and Paul ended up duking that spirit and brought it out of her. And you know what the story. As he rebuked that demon to come out of her, then now she ain't working for the, her bosses of the world no more. And, and they got mad because now they can't use this woman for, for profit. Because now she, she went over to the other side. Glory be to God. And so they brought him before the, the, the leaders of, of the, the Jewish, you know, of the, of the Greek people there. They brought him before them and, and accused him of being an uproar. You know the story? Right. And then guess what happens? They went to prison. They throw him in jail. See, the open door that God opens. See, we, if, if we're looking at it from our place, then it will never lead us to the jailhouse, Josh. Yeah. But see, God knows what he's doing. And see, that's, this is why we have to, the open door that, uh, that we have to be able to, to see it in the spirit. Because the open door ain't about just filling our desires and what it looks like from the beginning. And, and he spoke, spoke to us earlier in prayer that the, the thing about the, the open door is, is that we don't always have to know everything about the door that he's opened. We just got to recognize the opportunity. We got to recognize it as the opportunity. We got to recognize it that it's God. That's why we got to be able to see this thing in the spirit. Because in that, then it don't require us to know what's before us. Because if we, if Paul had known that it was going to land him and, 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 and his brother in prison, how much would he begin to maybe backtrack a little bit? As opposed to being gung-ho and moving forward. And that speaks volumes to us today, my friend. The door that God has opened according to his will. Then if you, you got to see it in the spirit, you got to know that it's, it's his door. When he, when you does, then you ain't got to worry about what's ahead. You ain't got to be looking for it because they, it may land you in the prison house. But look what happened. Skip down to verse 30. In, in the same chapter. So now they didn't got locked up. Matter of fact, we ain't go, don't even go down. Well, actually, yeah, we'll go down to verse 30. Actually, let's go to verse 27. This is so in that. They got locked up. And in the uh, at midnight, in the middle of the night, they are praising God. Glory be to God. Amen. Him and Silas, they are singing and worshiping Almighty God. This is why you hear me saying all the time, this is why it's so important that we praise Him. You know, just after we didn't gave a hug. Hey, man, we need to stand up and praise them again. We cannot give them enough praise. Because praise will move some things, glory be to God. Praise will, will stir up some things, glory be to God. Praise is what he desires, that he may orchestrate some things. In verse 27, the, he had, they, they had praised God. They was locked up in the innermost part of the, the, the jail. They was in the death part of the jail. Ain't no way you're going to get out of here. But their praise brought forth an earthquake that loosed them. Come on, somebody. Yes. And then look, and let's pick up from there in verse 27. He says, and the keeper of the prison, awake 
from his sleep after they had, you know, he had seen the prison doors open, supposing that the prisoners had fled, drew his own sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called out in a loud voice saying, do not harm yourself, for we all are still here. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Yes. Hallelujah. Then he called for a light, and he ran and fell down, trembling before Paul and Silas. He had to call for a light because it was so dark in the inner part, he couldn't see. He said, I heard him, but let me check this out and make sure it is for sure. And he fell at the feet, trembling of Paul and Paul and Silas. And what? In verse 30, it says, and he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes because they had beaten them you know, in there and just threw them in there. Now he's he, he nursing the stripes. Glory be to God. Man. And not only did he do that, and immediately he had fell, he and all of his family were baptized. Now when they had brought them into the house, he set food before them and rejoiced, having believed in God with all his household. See the open door, my friend? Yes. See, when God opens the door, what happens is, is that then households are being saved. Glory be to God. The household of Lydia, the household of this jailer, and, and, and see, that which he's orchestrated, it will glorify him. See, we can't see all of this. Minister Cynthia gave us a, a testimony, you know, in the circle this morning on how uh, last Sunday, her, her uncle or uh, her cousin, excuse me, that's a pastor in Kansas City, he had suffered from diabetes and all of these different things, and, he, and God gave him a word, and he had to preach last Sunday. He's not in that good of a health and probably shouldn't have been preaching, but, but he knew that God had gave him a word. He got up there and he began to preach and make a long story short, he ended up falling out after, as he began to pray for some of the people, including his wife. He fell out and, his, and died in there, meaning when I say died, meaning his heart stopped beating for a period of time. They did CPR on him and, and brought him, uh, got his breathing again. And then not only that, guess what, my friends? The, so the paramedics come and uh, you know, taking him to the hospital. He stopped breathing again. Died. And they revived him again. And, 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 and in that, he ended up being in the hospital and, and surely and come, come Tuesday. This was Sunday. So about by Tuesday, they give him his diagnosis. There ain't nothing wrong with him. But guess what? Guess what? While he was in the hospital, he met a nurse. And this nurse, he began, once he was feeling better on Monday, he began to minister to her. And he met this nurse, and in, in meeting her and ministering to her, uh, she had been a Christian and had turned away. And she broke down on her professional job and began to, to cry out to the Lord, Save me, Lord. Save me, Lord. Save, bring the Lord. Redeem me back unto you, oh, oh God. And change her life right there on the spot. Jesus. Here's the open door, my friend. Yes. 
And see, while that story, uh, I tell that story only because this, if we just look at it, and one of the things that Minister Cynthia was saying, to, to, you know, she said in her heart, well, Lord, couldn't you have done this a different way? And she said, oh, no, I ain't no, nobody to question you, but I'm just wondering, could you have done it a different way? Surely you could have done it a different way. But the truth of the matter is, is when God does it, he does it in a way that will glorify him. He does it in a way that will touch all kinds of people. And see, when you look at the picture, could he have not just uh, not had him fall out in the middle of the church and die? Could he have not maybe just had him have a little episode in the uh, comfort of his own home and, and get rushed to the hospital? But no, God wanted to use that situation to minister to all of them people in the church yeah. and, uh, in there, that they would be a witness to God and what he does. Yes. And then for them to ultimately hear the story that he goes to the goes through all of that. And God showed him that it wasn't never about your health because your health is, is, is fine and dandy. This was about, can I open a door? Can I open a door that I may be able to touch these people in the congregation? Can I open a door that I may be able to touch these people in the house? I got somebody in the hospital that you and you alone is going to be the only one that can touch her. Glory yes. be to God. Amen. The open door. The opportunity. It's a powerful thing, my friend, that God uses. And he wants to use each and every one of us as believers today. But if we're looking at it, the open door for, from the natural place or for what we desire, we're going to miss the boat every time, my friend. Because these things, there's no way that we can know. This lady worked in this certain uh, place in the hospital that obviously he had to go to because of his condition with the heart stopping and everything. So he couldn't have just went to the hospital for his diabetes and, and, and had an encounter with this lady. God had to do it his way. Glory be to God. And, and the same thing with Paul's in life. God had to allow them to go to the penitentiary. Glory be to God. To touch who? That certain person that he wants to touch. And the question is, is can God use us in that way? Are you willing to do it his way? Even if it takes us, you know, on a direction or a route that we ain't willing, really wanting to go. Yes, Lord. This is about him. Amen. And I say this because there's set before us, my friends. Whether you see it today, there's some things that's about to encounter that you're about to encounter in your life going forward. And there's going to be, there's an open door. And remember what, what, what he's already said, the door that God opens, that Jesus opens, can no man shut. Yes. The door that he shuts, no man can open. And there's going to be some doors right now that God is wanting to open for his will, for the kingdom. This is for the kingdom's sake. In there. And the question is, is will we realize it as an opportunity first and foremost? And then not only that, will we recognize the door being open? Will we recognize it when it comes? Will we recognize it? And some of you guys are already doing great things out there to minister to, to, to different age groups and different sectors. There's some of you even that's ministering to, to the senior citizens. There are some open doors that God has been open for you to even be able to do more. There's some desires that you didn't have, but the thing is, is will you recognize it? And it may not come in the fashion that you're trying to get it done. 
So you've been trying to get the, the, uh, the, through the nursing home. And God may say, no, I ain't, I ain't got that nursing home for you. You've been trying to do it through a record label. God said, no, that ain't the label. The one that I'm open for, you know it don't look like what you want it to look like. But the question is, number two, will you recognize the open door? My God. Will you recognize the open door? And realizing that the open door only comes by the will of God. It's God's will on how this open door works. It's not by our will and that's the thing that gets us. And on most of the time, most of the time what, 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 what has us or holds us up when we end up missing the boat is because we're looking for it in the way that we ask God as opposed to looking for it in the way that God permits. If you look in Acts chapter 6, remember, let's go back to verse 7. At the beginning of, of the call, when, when God was calling them to go to Mesopotamia. Look at the end of verse 7. It says, uh, verse 7 completely says, after they had come to Maesha, they tried to go uh, to Bethania, but the Spirit did not permit them. See, this comes by the will of God, these doors. The one that Jesus opened that no man can shut is by the will of God. It's for the kingdom of God. And it's going to be important that as God opens some doors for the word, to open the doors for you, him to use you in, the, in, in ministry, even with the gifts that he's already given you, that you are at work at. Again, first and foremost, will you know that it's an opportunity? Then number two, will you realize the open door? Or excuse me, will you recognize the open door? See, because we can know that the open door is an opportunity, even given by God. But when that time comes, are you going to recognize it? Or is you going to let it pass you by and then it's too late? Or sits by you. It's key that we recognize. And then in this recognizing this, are you going to know, are you going to realize the will of God more than your will? Are you going to see one of the things that they understood and they grabbed hold of is that when the Spirit did not permit, when the Spirit did not permit, then guess what? They weren't even trying to press it. They weren't trying to force it. They weren't trying to fall on their knees and plead with God for something that the Spirit, they were in tune with the Spirit, being led by the Spirit of God. We say this all the time. Now we're looking at it even from a deeper perspective, my friend. That on, on the importance of really how important this is. This is this is the foundation of the church. And just as Jesus had inspired John to write in Revelation chapter 3 that the door, the heel, no man can shut. 
And the door that he shut, no man can open. Uh, can open. See, and this is the confidence that we have to have. See, when we, and this, is the, this should give us what we need to really be able to be led by the Spirit. Because when the Spirit of God is leading us through the door that he has opened, then it don't require us. Now we can see where it don't require a full understanding of anything. But it, it requires a measure of faith of, of all of it. If we just got to know that it's him. That's why the recognition is so important. And when God does these things, when he opens the door, know this for sure, my friend. It is to glorify him. First and foremost and above all things. This is not about our honor. This is not about our glory. But this is to glorify the king. And I love it because the testimony that Minister Cynthia gave when we talked about it, God was showing right then, it was very clear that yes, he could have done it a different way, but in that different way, then it would only, it would have minimized the glory that went to him. But when he did it in the way that he did it, then there was many witnesses and he was able to touch many people's lives. He was able even to encourage somebody that was going to get ready to go through something else, that, that God is able to lift you up. And to revive you. He was able to meet the need of the lady that was, you know, we don't know where that lady was. She could have been ready to commit suicide, even working as a nurse at the hospital. Going through so much. But that open door, this man was willing to go through that open door. He has diabetes, one leg is already cut off. Suffering from many things. Yes, he's the pastor, but he knew that, you know, he didn't have no... Uh, if he was looking at it from his, his, from what it looks like, you know, I don't need to be up here preaching right now. We've got many preachers that can preach. But he knew that God told him, this Sunday, I need you to preach. And he began to do that. Even to the point where he had to call for them to, to give him a chair at one point. And then later on after that, he felt feeling better and he began to pray for the people and he fell dead right there on the spot. And God had to raise him up. This ain't no fairy tale. This is a real story. And it just happened last Sunday, my friend. So God is still opening doors. And he did all of that as an open door for him to accomplish that which he wants. What that was going to bless and glorify the kingdom of God. Are you with me today? God is, don't let this word pass you by. As plain as, uh, or simple as it may seem. Please allow it to do what God wants it to do in your life because I'm telling you before you there's an open door my friend and God needs you to recognize it. and in the recognition of it he needs you not to be afraid but to put your trust in him and to walk through the open door no because it, it, it see let's go back to Revelation and we'll close here one of the things about the, the church at Philadelphia this is Revelation chapter 3 in verse 7 and 8. Verse 8 says, I know your works. Thank you. See, I have set before you an open door. And no one can shut. And here's the reason. And here's the thing. For you have little strength. What that means is for you have little strength is that the church of Philadelphia 
was operating out of little strength. And little strength means that they was operating out of their own strength. They were not operating out of the strength of the Holy Spirit that God had gave to the church to be to empower the church. And even in that, God, God honored it. <laughs> but he, there was much more than he wanted to give. And so here, my friends, this is what I'm saying to you, you and me as we close. No, we ain't got to understand all of these things, but what we can't do is operate in our own strength. Because see, understanding it is going to give you the permission to operate out of your strength. See, faith gives you permission to operate out of the strength of the almighty God. Yes. Hallelujah. And the open door that's set before you today, my friend, I'm telling you right now, there are some opportunities that's coming. And if you operate out of your own strength, you will not be able to do it. That's it. But if we put our trust in the Lord, yes. Yes. seriously, and, and, and in order to trust him, the only thing, what you're going to have to know is it's, that it's him opening the door. That's all you're going to know. I'm telling you, that's all you're going to know. So I'm telling you, no more. Yes. So when you do know that this is him opening the door, then you know what? God is telling you right now up front, when you, you are just like I uh, gave Paul the vision, that you need to go to Mesopotamia. This is the reason why I didn't permit you to be ministering to all of these people right here. So you, God is going to give you the vision. You're going to see it very plain and very clear is what I'm telling you. Yeah. You're going to know that it's him opening the door. Yeah. But when you know that it's him opening the door, don't revert back to yourself. But know that, okay, Lord, that's all you're going to have to know. And you're going to have to dig in from that place and allow the spirit of the living God to direct you through the process. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, it, it, even if it takes you to a bad place, which what we quote unquote. See, as it took Paul and them to prison. Yes. But, but without them being in prison, then God couldn't show himself through the earthquake. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. That all, not only that they could glorify him, but that all the prisoners in there could glorify him. Yes. Even the jailkeeper. Yes. See, we got to know that this is going to be beyond us, Josh. When he takes you to this place, it's going to be more than just about you. Uh -huh. That's it. So it, you know, it may seem like you're taking a dip and a dive, but God said, no, just, just, just fall, come with me, baby. Because when I rise you up out of this day, you you gonna know it ain't you. And then all around you gonna know it ain't you. Glory be to God. And guess what's gonna happen? He will be glorified. He will be glorified. Please receive the word that God has given to you today because every one of us, there's a door, an opportunity that's been to happen. And God needs you to know today that when that happens, I need you to recognize it. And then, then walk with me. Amen. Let us look to the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, we glorify, we just glorify your name, Lord God. You love us so much, Lord God, that you are giving us the understanding and the impartation of what, of what is to come, Lord God. And for sure, Lord God, it ain't no doubt. For, for some of us, it's going to be even today. For some of us, it's going to be as, as soon as tomorrow. That a door is going to be open for some of us is already there. We just now we only can see it. Now we are seeing the vision today, Lord God, of that which you've already shown us. It's the open door, Lord God. Your open door.
Give us the confidence, Lord God, when we recognize this, the door that you open, to remember your word. The door that you open, can no man, somebody say no man. No man. Can no man shut. And for that reason, Lord God, no matter what it looks like, no matter what we go through, we can continue through the process of on the journey to walking in this opportunity that you are given, Lord God, because it glorifies you. It's for the kingdom first and foremost and above all things. And yes, how it will bless us. Yes, it will. So we give you thanks, honor, and glory. And I pray over everyone right now, Lord God, that we don't miss the opportunity that we do recognize the open door, Lord God. Let us not pass this down. Let us not be sidetracked or blinded by anything that will allow us to miss that which you're showing. It's in Jesus' name. And all this in agreement. Amen. 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 Let's give God some praise. Hallelujah. The open door. Yes, the open door. And my friends, there, there is truly an open door. God is going to open some doors, my friends. He's going to open some doors. And the doors that he opened, yes, they're according to his will. It's for the kingdom. And yes, it's going to manifest something in your life. So here again, yes, it's going to do some things even in the natural. It's going to cause some promotions on jobs. It's going to, but it ain't about, see, God has not opened the door for you to have a promotion. God has opened the door for you, him to use you in the promotion. See, he's going to send you to that job up there, but it ain't just for you to get more money. It's for you to be, so he can speak to you because you are the only person that he can use to, to touch who he's sending you to touch. Don't miss your assignment, my friend. This is a serious thing. Don't miss your assignment. Don't miss it, please. Because this is kingdom stuff. And so that I just want to say that because yes, it's going to manifest some things in the natural. So it's going to mean promotion. It's going to mean some new records. It's going to mean some uh, open doors to, 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 to a nursing home or to a facility that God committed. It's going to mean all that. But it ain't about that. It's about what he's going to accomplish in that. That's right. Glory be God. Come on, somebody. Y'all give me a too excited. We'll be doing it all over again. Hallelujah. And truly, I am excited about this because this is the work of the kingdom that God is going to do. Come on. Come on. Ah, oh, Lord, have mercy. What a mighty God we serve. Yes. This is all about the work. See, all that God is doing, he's doing this for a reason. My God. Today we get to celebrate that door that has been opened, the eternal door that has been opened 
the one, the door that Christ has opened that no man can shut. The door that when Christ shuts it, no man can open. This is what the work of the kingdom is all about, is that while the gates of heaven is open, while Christ has opened the gates, that he uses us as vessels to, to bring the sheep into the sheepfold, to come through the gates. Yes. There's nothing more important under the sun. Nothing more important under the sun. Pay attention. There's nothing more important under the sun than while we have this opportunity. That we come to know Jesus as our Lord and Savior, that then now He He has not saved no one, that He don't have intentions of using that person to someone. Yes. So if you are if he saved you, then you ain't doing nothing to, to allow him to go through you to be somebody else. Something wrong, friend. That it's, if it's not something that's burning, burning on the inside of your heart to want to tell of the good news or to share what God has done in your life, something is wrong. And if that's you, then we need to talk. There's something that's missing there, and, 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 and I'll pray with you, and, and we'll let God bring that forth because it's something that's missing. Because this is the most important thing known to mankind. And if you know Jesus, then there's no way that you can just hold that to yourself. Even as a child. Something is wrong. And that which is wrong can be made right. So I ain't saying it's hopeless. But there's something, it's got to be addressed. Don't sit there and just let it not go dormant and not be addressed. If you don't have a burning, I'm talking about a burning. Somebody say burning. A burning desire to tell somebody of the goodness of the Lord. Because this all is going to end at some place, some point, and some time. And if God has not been able to use you to share what you know is good, to share with somebody else, then that's a problem. And it's going to be a problem. And it ain't one that you, you can ignore it now, but you ain't going to be able to ignore it when you see him face to face. You're not going to be able to ignore it. Yes. So this is what we celebrate, the, the, the fact that we know him. That he's given us the opportunity by paying the price for our sin. That which we could not pay for. And he's given us the opportunity to celebrate this today as we take of the cup and of the bread the bread that represents his broken body that he that was given for us the blood that represents the blood of Christ Jesus that was shed upon that cross for us that has opened the door Richard that know to the to eternal life and that door as Jesus is opening it no man can shut but there is coming a time where he's going to shut that door. And God forbid, nobody can open it. So what does that mean? That this time in between the open door and the door shutting is also important. It's important to us as believers and it's important that God can use us as believers. So what Paul wrote and told the, uh, the Corinthians is this. Let me share with you. 
says, for what I received from the Lord, that which I delivered to you, that in the, the Lord Jesus in the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, take eat. This is my body which is broken. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same manner, he also took the cup. After supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And that's what this is all about. This is a representation of us proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes. Somebody say it with me. Proclaiming the Lord's death until he's come. So as a believer, it is our responsibility to proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Until he comes. Until he comes. This is what he wants. It's for him to be proclaimed until he comes. Because when he comes and that door is shut, there's no hope from that place. So he says, therefore, whoever eats this bread and drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner eats and drinks damnation unto his own soul. But let a man examine himself and let him so eat of the bread and drink of the cup in a worthy manner. That's what it boils down to. Amen. So let us bless the, the bread and the cup right now. Father, in the name of Jesus. Well, we thank you for Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. We thank you, Lord God, that he was willing to be that sacrifice. And we thank you, Lord God, that you were willing to accept the sacrifice, Lord God, that paid the price for our sins. That as the door of eternal life has been opened up to us, Lord God, the greatest thing that could ever have happened to us in this lifetime, that we've come to an understanding of. And Lord, let us not be ashamed or be sidetracked or be anything that will stop us from sharing that good news, living a life that is representative of that good news, Lord God. So right now, I pray that you will touch the hearts of each and every one of us in this place, Lord God, that we will have a desire to know you better as you have given your blood, your body for the remission of our sins. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Will you please stand? And I'm going to have you follow the directions of the usher. One second.
And the Bible says that Jesus, when he sat at the table with his disciples, that when he had given thanks, he gave, broke, took the bread and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples and they all did eat. Let us eat. That prayer represents the broken body of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And in like manner, the Bible says that he took the cup and he had blessed the cup. He had told them that this represents the blood of the new covenant, the covenant of grace, the covenant that saves us, that gives us salvation through faith in him. And when he had given them the cup, they all did drink. Amen. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody Lord. give us some hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> wow. Hallelujah. 